to Dead Headspace. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and every other major platform. I am your host, Patrick R. McDonough, joined always by my co-host, Brennan LaFaro. Say hi, Brennan. Hello. And today we have a uh, pretty unique circumstance. We are recording our second episode in the same day. Uh, We are going with uh, Michael Clark. Sir, how are you today? I'm back, and thank you for having me. Unex- unexpected, I have no notes. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I got no clue what we're going to talk about. Yeah, that this makes is... absolutely three of us. Perfect. We literally talked about recording an episode about 30 minutes ago. Uh, all three of us were drinking, so we said, why not? So today, we would like to ask you not what got you into horror, but what are you currently working on after your trilogy? I am uh, working on two books at once kind of thing. Um, I have an idea for a book about um, – I won't give away the main idea, but uh, the, the setting I won't give away. But um, it involves um, new characters, so I have to reinvent everything. Um and then I have a second book where I will introduce characters that I've already invented that will interact with characters from let's call the new book book 4 and then the the second book book 5 because I've written 3. So book 5 will have somebody from books 2 and 3 interacting with somebody from book 4 if that's not too confusing. No, I heard you talk about that, and it's kind of um, – you're almost writing two books that inter- – well, I mean this is kind of what you just said, but two books that interact with each other. Now, I'm curious. Is that kind of a shared universe that may at some point interact with the Patience of a Dead Man trilogy? Uh, in a way, yes. Um, you read um, – Books two and three in Patients of a Dead Man. And um, by the way, I'll just take a second to say that I'm going to be releasing a book. Um, a, a, it's going to be called The Patients of a Dead Man Complete that has all three books in one book. And I've just submitted it to the, the guy that makes the covers. And it's like all three books together when you take all the white space out of the chapters and stuff. Like Amazon has a page limit that they'll print for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna. It'll be 778 pages, all three books, with a brand new cover. Just, just because I heard your, um, I think it was your episode with with um, with Ken McKinley, who was like, "Why do people make trilogies?" <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was yeah. And I was like, "Shit, he's right." You know, like book three does not sell as well as book one and book two. So, um. I'm putting out another book just in case people hate trilogies and they want to buy it all in one. And, and uh, so I, like I said, I cut the page count by getting rid of the white space and that's coming out. Anyway, Brandon, you read books two and three. Patrick's not there yet because we know he's, uh, he's he reads slow and so do I, Patrick. He's no planning knows. to get there by 2024, though. Yeah. <laughs> Did you call him Brandon? I said Brennan. Well, he, ca- he called me Brennan. Yeah. I had one headphone on. Well, I had the left side on. Sorry, You've also right. had, had one beer, and it went straight to your cerebrum. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are good. Uh, you know, seriously, there's a there's a humor between you, you know? Well, it's, hopefully uh, we can be written into a slapstick comedy where Brennan slaps me with sticks. And it's actually a really easy, you know, symbiosis. <laughs> I'm a complete asshole, and he doesn't take offense. <laughs> I think it's your mo and he's curly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like my way better, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> well, you know, I guess mo is kind of a, you know, a dig, but only because of the hair. You don't have that hair. Um. Anyway, so you remember Andrew Vaughn from books two and three? He he's a funeral home owner. Of course. And um. He's haunted by his mother, and uh, he, I, I, he's going to be the star of book five. And I see him interacting interacting with uh, the people from book four who are 
all new people that you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So I kind of see going back to this Andrew Vaughn guy um, as kind of like a every other book kind of a thing maybe. Mm-hmm. What happened to Patrick? He's gone. He's going to get more drinks. Oh, good for him. Because he's not, he's not, you know, incoherent enough. <laughs> Maybe he's getting a tea. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm, that's, you know, to, to, um, you know, it sounds like, Ooh, I'm writing two books at once. It's wow. That's great. But it's really kind of like book four will be all new. And I call it book four cause I haven't written it yet. And book five will be, um, a different angle looking at some of the characters in book four. So there will be like things like that makes sense that you're like, Oh, uh, I didn't know that about that character when I read book four, you know, that kind of a thing, like a different mm-hmm. take on, on, um, on those people in that book. Yep. And I know that's that- vague, but I can't give away the, like the premise of book four. No, that's fair. We recently talked to somebody who, uh, didn't like to talk at all about what they were working on. So, I mean, even just getting a glimpse at it with you is, <laughs> that's, that's an improvement. Now, um, Andrew Vaughn in the second, did, did I mess up the last name? I feel like I messed up the last no, name. No, that's right. Is it Vaughn? Vaughn? Okay. In the second book, um, I found him so intriguing because I feel like he just came out of nowhere. And every time you read a short little chapter, because, uh, Dead Woman Scorned, um, is, so full of these just, you know, one to two page chapters, um, you, you're, you're thinking, okay, you're, you're so intrigued by how does this character fit into the main story? Cause at that point you've already read like three to 400 pages, maybe even more than that, um, about the story of Tim and Mildred, um, and all of a sudden, there's just this character out of left field that doesn't seem to have any connection. Um, I, I really enjoyed those chapters because I'm, I'm paying extra attention to see how this character could possibly work into the fold of the rest of it. And then, of course, you know, by the time, you know, the credits roll on book two and by the time we get into book three, Patrick, no spoilers, I promise. Um, we're three books. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mild spoilers, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for those that can't see me laughing, for audio listeners, I'm laughing. I know there's three books. And he's, he's not wasted. laughing. He's uh, yeah, he's not laughing. He's smiling. A I'm not. Bit. I'm not wasted yet. <laughs> okay. So um, when when Andrew Vaughn figures back into book three, and we start to not only see how he fits into the main narrative, but also you know what exactly is going on with him. It's very, very interesting. Um, so with that, here, here's where we do tiptoe on that spoiler line, so I won't really go any further. But with what you know ends up happening with him, I am definitely interested in exploring his story further, Mike. Yeah, and I haven't um, gotten there yet. Like I, I'm not. I'm, I'm really working on the fourth book, the the new story. The book four is like all new characters, all new people. Nobody knows who they are. But book five. And I'm catching Patrick up here because he was he he was um, getting a tea, but uh, I don't know what that means. You said you were gonna get a, a tea to drink. Oh yeah, I got a beer. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. You should have gotten a Gatorade. Good electrolytes. Oh, dude, I don't have any, but that's a great idea, actually. I always have Gatorade. <laughs> Are those meant for one? like? I can put one in the mail tomorrow. It'll be there by Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> don't mail anything nowadays they took away the sorters it'll be yeah. there by october <laughs> those meant for like athletes <laughs> I anyway book the the fifth book the second book i'm working on now I'm, i i count the first three is already done book four is all new characters book five is andrew vaughn basically from the patience of a dead man book two and three which you haven't read yet and he is going to interact with the people from book four. Okay. So he is a guy that owns a funeral home. Um, he's got a little bit of a backstory. Uh, he's haunted by his mother. Uh, she's pissed at him. And um, as far as like writing about him in book five, I haven't like touched that yet because I'm writing book four. 
But he plays a huge role in book three, the one that's already written, uh, Anger is an Acid. And um, to get ready to write about him in book five, I did go tour a funeral home. Did I tell you guys that? No. I heard it on another podcast. Maybe that's Heist. right. I told I told uh, Shane and and uh, and uh, Ink Heist. But um, yeah, I, I I toured a funeral home just because he's a funeral home guy. That was kind of a trip. Um, saw a couple of dead bodies I wasn't expecting to, and was in the embalming room and learned all kinds of things about. There's all kinds of different embalming fluids and stuff. It was kind of cool. Uh, I'm off that? topic already. Wait, no, no, no. Let, let's focus on that real quick. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, you saw a dead body. Was that your first dead body that you saw? No, I mean, I've seen, you know, a couple family members and stuff and, you know. But, I mean, I called up this funeral home and they were very cool and very respectful to, you know, the dead and everything. They didn't, you know, they weren't. it wasn't like a, you know, uh, anything disrespectful. But, you know, I, I got the full tour of this place. I saw um, boxes of ashes that were never reclaimed by families, you know, that are still upstairs. And I saw, you know, a couple of dead bodies. I saw, um, you know, the makeup counter. I saw the embalming room. I saw all the tools. I saw, like, he, you know, he gave me, like, a, a rundown of all the different kinds of embalming fluids there are, like, you know, hey, this one you use if you find a guy in a snowbank, and and this one you use if uh, if they were on, uh, you know, um, um, you know, if they had cancer and they were with with chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just different kinds of it, just I, things I never even thought of. And now that's I, I wild, feel like though, it, that it's that deep. That's what I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I can write about it with. And I can also refer back to him um, with, uh, well, you know, and, and give it a little bit more depth than I would if I just made it up in my own head. You know, what was what was the point of the different fluids? Because I got no idea about any of that stuff. Just because like different bodies have different circumstances, I guess. Like he's like, you don't want to go like this has nothing to do with embalming fluids, but he's like, uh. You know those guardrails on highways? That those are like knives. You know, like sometimes you gotta go find a leg in the woods. And and another thing is like eighty percent of the the uh, the deaths are at night, and so they have to go and pick up a, a body. And um, I still I still need to ask the guy like, okay, you're on call all year long. You've got to get up. 80% of the time to do your job in the middle of the night to go get a dead body. How do you get the body out of the house? You know, it's like, I mean, wouldn't that be the, like the worst job ever? Does yes, one person was. go into it to, into a house and, and remove a body by himself, you know, with the family watching? I, I just, I can't picture that. I need to get back to him about, it. I have this, this note like posted on my computer right now, like hanging from it. <laughs> But I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and I'm probably straying from your original question. That's okay. I've forgotten my original question. Right. I don't so, know what um, it was either. Actually, I, I'm curious, and I'm <laughs> going to put you on the spot, but I'm also going to say it's okay to tell me completely no. So, I mean, it's, they're, they're, it's the new books are definitely um, Patience of a Dead Man trilogy adjacent, but do you have any hints you can give us as far as title, even if it's just, you know, an acronym or something like that, you could call them T-Pong. Um, uh-huh. I, 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 no, sorry, I, I was going to say T-Pong. that one, that one might be taken yeah. um, <laughs> just because it, it feels weird to call it book four and book five, because it makes it sound like it's the next installment in the series. No, it's not. A, it's not part of that. Neither one is. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, um, well, book four is nothing to do with Patience of a Dead Man at all. So it's kind of like a break from that completely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll give you the acronym. And I gave it to Ink Heist already. I'm sorry if it's not an exclusive. but That's okay. You'll find another uh, exclusive for us. You know what? <laughs> no, we're, just, we're scrapping this episode, man. Uh, well, you're, you're about to go to sleep anyway. 
it, it's cool. I'll, I'll ask him questions. And we'll have video of you. I have no idea how it works because usually Patrick records the episodes and I just, you know, um, show up for them. Um, I have no idea how it works if he falls asleep in that chair right there. Oh, could oh, be a no. six-hour it, episode. It's certainly embarrassing for the guest. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the outtakes will be me saying, wake up, Patrick. Wake up. It's over. Um, the acronym for book four is TG, the number five. I did that for Haley Piper's benefit just to try to beat T-Pong, but I know it doesn't come close. TG5MU. TG5 so there's M-U. your acronym. Okay. Uh, I can't tell you what the what the uh, what it means though yet because that's the whole point of the story. Like that that would give away the setting. Mm-hmm. Um, book five. I'm thinking of starting like like I told you it's it could be every other kind of a thing. Like I could come back to it. It could be you know every once in a while. Who knows? Um, I'm thinking of calling it the Foggy Orchard Funeral Home. Volume one, because that's the name of the funeral home in the patience of a dead man that he works at. And then like I do volume two, volume three, volume four. But, you know, I would be open to suggestion from editors or whatever, that kind of thing. But it would be set around the funeral home because I think a funeral home would be, I mean, we had what, six feet under. And then Chad Lutsky had um, uh, stirring the sheets. But I don't know too many others that have, I mean, refresh my memory if you can think of one, uh, like a horror story set in a funeral home. I can't. And, you know, I I I um, I mentioned Six Feet Under on a recent episode and nobody I don't even remember which episode, but we were talking about series that had a good finale or, or like a really, really. That. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't think anybody I was talking to had watched six feet under but uh really great finale but you know even going back really great show um so no i can't think of any other books or tv shows or even movies that um really delve into that business you know even beyond just um i haven't seen it but the autopsy of jane doe comes to mind but that's more of a specific instance versus a that's a good point. Uh, yep. A good example. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I watched that. that That's was, all I got to contribute. It wasn't great, but it was good. Um, <laughs> and I don't remember the, the finale of uh, Six Feet Under, but I, I remember watching several episodes, and it wasn't horror. You know, it was like a kind of like a soap opera, right? Wasn't it like? A, it was definitely closer to drama. It, it wasn't. It wasn't horror. I would yeah, agree with that. Yeah, but it was good. I watched it. It was kind of like. Just kind of a bummer if I might. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can Google things that, that happen like in a funeral home and it's just like it's, you know, it's incredible what people see. Like when I went to the funeral home, the guy told me like, I'm like, have you ever seen anything where like, you know, rigor mortis sets in and the corpse sits up or something like that and he's like he's like no but like you know i've been i've, I've gone and i've gotten a body at two in the morning and then i get back to the embalming room and i've got the guy on the table and i'm about ready to start because you got to start right away and then you see the the first three fingers like twitch you know like you know really quickly and it's like it catches your eye while you're looking at your tools or whatever and uh, I'd be out right there, you know, like, you know, two in the morning, you're alone in a funeral home and you see the, the, the corpse actually move. Yeah. It's creepy. Know, there's no there's, question. That's not the job for me. No, <laughs> no. And there's, there's, there's stories like that times a thousand, you know, like another thing that the guy told me was that he, he'd had mediums that were part of a funeral. Um, you know, they'd, they'd be like, they'd be attending a funeral and, They'd come to him and say, you know, there's somebody upstairs right now. It's crap like that, you know, just yeah. that kind of creepy I, stuff. I don't love that. I don't. I, no, I, that, no. That I mean, I love it. Bad. I love to read about it, but and I. Oh you know. yeah. <laughs> you know, as real, long as it stays on the page, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Real, real quick, because we're talking about you know ghost mediums. Um, when I read 
Whispers in the Dark. I got the paperback. I bought it directly from Laurel Hightower. But um, before that, I had the uh, Laurel sent me an e-copy, and um, I read that while I was at work. And I work for a wastewater treatment plant, and I work throughout my county, but the actual plant is like a four- or five-story building. At night, uh, the operators know and talk about this um, pretty much a ghost at 3 a.m. It's a shit ghost? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I ruined your story. So in the building, in a lot of rooms, you can't – it's continual whirling and uh, loud noise from because I work in an industrial setting. So you can't ever hear silence. So potentially there could always be someone like right behind you. I was reading Whispers in the Dark, and there was this part where uh, it was describing this scene in a bedroom and I just had to look over my shoulder, and I just love that shit. It creeped me out. I had to stop reading it until I got back to the area where other people were, uh, living people were. And I, it was at night, and I just – oh, goodness. Uh, I'm That's getting a good off, way to read that book. I yeah. yeah, I'm getting off track, but my goodness, what a fun experience that was. Yeah. No, yeah, Patrick, yeah. We, we, the thing is that the nice thing is about this episode is we have no track. We're a train running down the fucking dirt, man. Um, actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll share my experience with that same book. Sure. Um, I, I work at a um, or, you know, five months ago, I used to. I assume I will again someday. Um, <laughs> I worked at a store where I would teach, you know, piano lessons, guitar lessons. And if I was the last one there, you know, it was my job to lock up and probably from the front door to the back door, you'd lock the front door, uh, turn off all the lights, turn off all the computers and you'd go out the back and let it lock behind you and probably 30 feet. And I remember finishing or not even finishing being in the middle of, of Laurel's book. The first time the shadows like, uh, come to life is the first is the word that comes to mind, but yep. you have to read it to really experience exactly what she writes about. Um, I remember turning off all the lights at the front door. The and, basement, right? The, yeah, the basement, the basement yeah. man. Um, and looking down this like 30 foot hallway that's just pitch black and being like, fuck no. Yeah. Um, walking down it anyway, you know tiptoeing creeping you know step by step and being like this is how a well-written book should affect you and i think i mentioned this on the last episode mike that we had you on but i remember the you know the the next time post that that uh a book really made that the hair stand up on my arms is when tim is in that house and he's just hearing footsteps above him footsteps in the next oh. room Book um, one. I appreciate book one. that because that's that's yeah. all I want. That's all that, I get for. Visceral, I want... you know, that visceral horror. Yeah, Mike, what you did in book one, which I did read, <laughs> the thing that you do, yay! yay! <laughs> the thing that I love in ghost stories and haunted houses is when they play with your senses, uh, which um super random probably but alfred hitchcock did that phenomenally uh for example there's i forget the title of the film but there is one where he um had his audience uh experience like a little vibration where um i believe they could hold this uh certain handheld thing and it would vibrate when you were having a jump scare um it's just awesome because it's a book. I'm visualizing something probably similar to you or Brennan or whomever else. But at the same time, like we're getting creeped out at probably the same thing. And um, another thing I just want to say about book one, we already talked about it in your first episode, but that uh, scene in the kitchen, uh, goose geese are involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. You told me that was the first scene that you saw. No, no, not that one. The first one was the first night he's home alone, and he's it's his first night. He's going to work 18-hour days fixing this old house, 
and uh, he's going to do this as long as it takes to, you know, turn it around and sell it. And uh, and then, you know, night number one, he's running the saw and whatever, and, and then he turns around and there's a little ghost kid behind him. So, yeah, that that was that was my thing because you're in the middle of the, the wilderness the, of nowhere. You know, you're down a dark dirt road and – you got, uh, you know, somebody in your house. You, you you thought you were alone, and um, he runs. You know, so then then you figure out what happens after you run. You know, you could either get, you know, you could either confront the ghost, you could run, but sooner or later there's got to be, you know, real life um, reaction to that, and. Um, you know, the scene goes from there. Like, he really goes through what I would have done, probably. Mm. Like, he does go back because he can't go to a bar. He can't go to a hotel because, you know, I mean, he could for the night, I guess, but then he'd still have to go back. And and he's questioning himself. You know, did I really see what I saw? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that, that was the first scene that I wrote. Did you experience anything uh, supernatural? No. 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 No, I just love scary stuff. I've never seen anything supernatural. Uh, don't know that I believe in it. I guess I would if I saw it. But if somebody writes something like that, or you know, if I read something like that, or if I see something like that in a movie, I can totally relate. And um, you know, sometimes I dream stuff about that kind of stuff too. And it all comes down to. Uh, the best part is the drama before the confrontation. Mm. And I try to prolong that when I'm writing. You know, I try not to, uh, you know, I, I, like monsters and, you know, that kind of thing. Like they're going to they're gonna bite you or, or whatever. Um, but the best part is, and Patrick, you and I shared a few of these little blurbs from some professionals about how the best part is you don't show – uh, the monster, like yes. it was Ridley Scott from Alien, yep, and Steven Spielberg from Jaws. Like the shark just wasn't working, so they started filming, mm-hmm. and it made the movie scarier because you can't yep. see the damn thing. And Ridley Scott did it on purpose. You don't show the the alien. You know, he he looks like part of the, the spaceship. His head is looks like a pipe. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, it, it just makes it, it makes the imagination work harder. And I think that's the key. You need to make you need to prolong that as much as possible. And if you have a confrontation, you better you better like resolve that to the reader's satisfaction. And I try to do that. Like I I, I, cry, I call bullshit on all kinds of movies. Like nope, I wouldn't have done that. You know, like I'm a critic when it comes to that. And I'm. I started writing basically to try to rewrite that kind of those the cliches that have been told time after time after time. Patrick, I, I'm I don't know flip, all the answers. Uh, Sorry, I, I'm going to flip something on on its head. You know, just for fun because you're at least five beers deep at this point. <laughs> I have watched you ask lines. a few people, probably three, four, five, six people. You know, have you ever had any kind of experience? I'm going to flip that on you. How about you? Have I had a, par- a paranormal experience? Oh, I'm putting that on Patrick. Michael, oh, you already David. answered that okay. question, so now we're throwing it to Patrick. Yes. Um, no. You know I, all this... about the outlets in your hallway and your in your staircase. <laughs> I just like how your answer is, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't. I, I just I haven't any any supernatural thing. I've lived in the Bridgewater Triangle my uh, the first twenty six years of my life. I just never never experienced anything worth noting ever. Mm. I wish I had a story. I don't. That's I wish bad, I did man. too. Yeah, I do yeah. too. I, I mean, it would. I don't know what it would do for my writing if I really did. You know, like if you really saw something, what would it do? Would it change the you know, the physics of the way you write it, that kind of thing. Because, like, Mildred has, you know, she, I've had people be like, 
I had somebody give me like a two star review, and they're like, "Ghosts don't do that," you know. And, and I wanted to write, <laughs> "She's not a fucking ghost," you know. Spoiler alert! But <laughs> you know, they didn't finish the book, you know. And you know, there were things like she she kills a guy in the woods, but she returns him to you know a spot that you know on the lawn that you know just makes him look like he had a heart attack. Um, and then I explain all that in book two. You know, that's what I tried to do. I'm like, oh, I, I made myself a mess here. I, I need to kind of like figure out the rules. And they're all new rules, you know, like because, you know, have you seen anything, Brandon? Um, okay, so yes, yes. but. So I have, um, and, and actually, Patrick, you might recognize this. I, I finished a novella a few months ago, I'd say. And I edited it, and I did a second pass on it, and I did a third pass on it, and I have it in uh, the hands of beta readers now. Um, but Patrick was kind enough to read the first 30 pages to see if it was a fucking mess. Um, so from it. They're all a you. mess to begin with. Well, yeah, hopefully by the third edit, it's less of a mess. So he okay. says far from it. I, I appreciate that, you know, wholeheartedly and very sincerely. Um and there's a scene that happens in the first 30 pages, um, and I won't go into spoilers in case it ever actually hits, you know, somebody's bookshelf. But uh, <laughs> there's a flash of light and there's a creature, character, ghost, specter, whatever you want to call it, that is hunched over uh, with a trench coat, you know, inch from the floor, dirty nails, you know, bare feet, just, you know, hunched over in the corner. Um, really, I, you know, hopefully I was able to translate it well to paper, but scary as hell in my imagination. I had, um, I lived in an apartment in Fall River with, uh, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, and she was visiting family in Oregon at the time. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and she, uh, I should also preface, you know, she had said, I don't like this place. I don't have a good feeling from this place. You know, we had had other people over who kind of had the same thing. I kind of wrote it off being like, yeah, you're, you know, you're full of shit. Um, and <laughs> I remember waking up in the middle of the night, looking over, you know, at the door, cause this is a little studio apartment and just seeing this figure in a trench coat hunched over back to me. Um, with, you know, dirty and grimy and every there is every chance in the fucking world. By the way, I wasn't drinking. I'm going to go ahead and throw that in there. Well, I was wasn't. There, was there any chance that it was Patrick? It was not Patrick. <laughs> okay. uh, right. I was years from having met him. Uh, I don't I think did he was have... in New Jersey at the time, actually. You know, now that I'm thinking of it. <laughs> no, it I did been... have friends of fall river there he has so. a trench coat yeah, exactly he might have sent somebody so i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and just throw out there there is every possibility that it was you know uh, a bit of underdone potato uh more of the gravy than the grave but um it's it doesn't matter to how many me seconds did that last for you I, I need to know like you're looking at this thing how many seconds 30 seconds but i don't know um That's a lot. what i do yeah, what I do know is that I locked the door behind me and went to stay at my parents' house until my wife came back from Oregon. Um, whether yes. whether it was a figment of my imagination or not, um, it's that that image is uh, just absolutely embossed in my imagination. And that was uh, that would have been like oh five oh six. So that would have been fourteen fifteen years ago. And I'm just never I'm ne never gonna forget it. I, you know, actively, you know, the first time I tried to write a goat story, um, tried to put it in there. Um, so again, that's whether cool. I actually that's, had an experience that's not Lizzie or not, Bordentown, right? Lizzie Borden. That is Lizzie Bordentown. Yep. Yeah. I don't know that it was one of her parents, uh, with 41 mm -hmm. wax or 40 wax, but, um, so, so again, like my takeaway from that is not was it real or was it not? But just the way that it stuck with me. I got one. 30 story. seconds. Sorry, got, go ahead, Patrick. I was a kid. Uh, I was in my bed. I didn't sleep with a, the lights out because nighttime 
creeps me out because I don't know what's in the dark. So the lights were on, and I saw the shadow that to this very day, it was like 10 or 11, and I look up, I'm staring at the ceiling. It's the shadow that looks like Spider-Man, and I saw it crawl like Spider-Man, and that's the only time I saw that. Another moment in that time of my life, I definitely felt like the bed was being shaken by someone like vibrating as if they were two hands gripped on each side of the end of the bed just like pulling as hard as it could up and down for a few minutes i was like okay i definitely felt that i i was at the young age where i i was not under any substance so i definitely i definitely experienced that sober that's it that's all i got I felt uh, compelled to put that in my version either. Like, look, you know, I I realized that, you know, we've been talking about drinking on this episode for, you know, (laughs) X number of minutes so far. I want you to know that despite the fact that I was 21 at the time, I was not actually indisposed um, with, you know, alcohol or any other substance that you could imagine. Um, (laughs) Michael, I'm going to take it back to you. Um, I... So it's weird. You and I and, you know, even Patrick, to a degree, we all kind of stumbled upon the Twitter horror community around the same time. And I know that speaking for me, it kind of changed my reading habits. You know, my initial thing that I was going to say was, I think it's so cool that you are building a universe. And I do think that's cool. But then I realized that a lot of the... um stories i read and i'm thinking specifically of the dark tower series by stephen king um i don't i don't read the way that i read like a year ago now i i try and get to as much as many different things as possible because there's just so goddamn much out there um but even if i haven't read anything that kind of has that shared universe mythos I still find it so cool. I know that uh, Todd Kiesling, uh, Michael, have you read Devil's Creek yet? I know you yeah. haven't. Uh, no, um, I have. Yeah. yeah, five stars. Great, great book. Yeah, five yep. stars. Easy. Creepy uh, as and fuck. Definitely, definitely one of the best things that's come out this year. Yep. You know, he um, tends to set short stories in or around Stafford, um, things that kind of take place in that universe. And I absolutely love things like that yeah um i'm reading uh midnight in the graveyard right now and and he's got a uh you know a short story in there that that is related to devil's creek too and i I thought that was cool because i read that after devil's creek yeah so you're gonna pick up see i read it before devil's creek so i didn't pick up on that um but i believe and i could be totally off base that his story in midnight in the pentagram also has a tie there Uh, um So, you know, that was my initial thought when you said I'm kind of writing novels that don't pertain directly to the patience of a dead man. You could read novel number four, TG5MU. Did I get that right? Oh, look at that. Look, let me, TG5. Yes, I wrote it down. Yep. Oh, cool. If I have to get the author to check, then that's good. TG is the ghost. I'll tell you that. I'll give you that. You have more than anybody else. The ghost. The ghost five. The ghost five. (laughs) I told you we'd get an exclusive. Um, (laughs) Nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, to, to me, that's. It sounds like you could probably start with TG5MU, but at the same time, that tangential connection to the Patience of a Dead Man trilogy, I absolutely love stuff like that. Now, in your reading or movie watching or horror or even, you know, any kind of fiction experiences, is that something that jumps out at you or something that just kind of happened? Well, I love Easter eggs. You know, I think that's cool. Um, I've also had like a couple of people like, you know, friends and family basically that have read my books twice and they're like, oh, I loved it so much better the second time because now I knew what you were talking about when you, you know, you know, there's because I I make a hell of an outline. Like that's my favorite part is mm-hmm. making an outline and I do it with um, Airtable. It's a it's a website and it's kind of like a Excel and um slash database kind of a thing where you can sort dates and everything so you can make sure you get everything right so i 
when before I start writing, I I um, I use that and um, oh, God damn, I'm, I'm I'm losing my train of thought here. But like the um, the the small the the universe, I love doing that. Um, just because it's easier to write, I think. Like if like if if you don't have to like reinvent, I'm finding like with book four that I have to. It's going much slower than book two and book three did because you have to start from scratch. And with book five, it's probably going to go a hell of a lot faster because I already know the folks in book four and book five, like I know him from book three and book two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do like to do that. Um, and it's it's more for ease. Um, but I am finding that I have to stay locked in the 1971 kind of time frame, you know, the 70s, yeah. which, which I also like for another reason. And that is because I kind of find that cell phones and technology are not scary <laughs> to me. Like, I hate I hate that kind of stuff. Um, maybe I, I, I still need to watch the host. I stopped listening to your episode um, in the car. I think it was it was Wednesday. Car. Uh, in the car. <laughs> because uh, because Brennan's like, if you haven't seen Host, why are you listening to this podcast right now? And I'm like, yeah, why the hell am I listening to this podcast? <laughs> That's a good point. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, so I shut it off <laughs> until I watch Host. Um, so yeah, that in a nutshell, um, I do like writing in that, um, you know, it it just makes it easier to write if you know the characters. I also read something by some other author from another genre saying that they wish they had, um, linked their books together a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, it just makes, you know, you already know the people and you don't have to reinvent them and you can picture how they, they interact with other characters. Um, and then, um, you were talking about reading habits on Twitter and that kind of thing. And I just wanted to touch on that a little bit in, in as far as, uh, yeah, I'm totally into, uh, what's coming out now. Like I just got, um, Mallory. I haven't read it yet. I have Crossroads. I haven't read it yet. I have all that's fair. Uh, you know, thanks to your podcast, basically, uh, by um, S.H. Cooper. I can't wait to read that. That's awesome. That's and, a real um, good one. You should definitely. Yeah. Um, see, those are all good ones, but I would prioritize all that's fair, I think. Yeah. Okay. I will do that because I'm like I, I'm on midnight um, in the graveyard right now, and I'm, 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 I'm getting to know the writers. You know, like I imagine that I might meet these people at a convention someday, and it's kind of nice to see – um, their first, you know, my first taste of them, and it's not like a novel because if I were to read everybody's novel, it might, you know, I might be like in in Patrick R. McDonough mode, and I, you know, maybe two thousand twenty-five. <laughs> oh, fucking burn! <laughs> what a dickhead! We surely well, shouldn't have this guy on I, anymore. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> no, I agree. This that's such a great table of contents, and you know, um, t- and it, it's funny because I think there are twenty five stories in there. I'm sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to completely cut you off in the middle no, of what no, you were no, saying, no. but uh, you know, and then to hear Pentagram has even more. Um, Thirty two was it? Something like that. Yeah, Jesus I mean that's that, that's the you know, even before I get it in my hands, that's the anthology to watch every year or however often, yeah. you know, Ken McKinley plans on putting that out. And by the way, we mentioned Ken McKinley. So we do get our royalties for today. We have to mention him every episode or he, you know, sends Does he know that I'm just messages. joking with him about the, you know, pouring the, the blueberry beer on the pancakes and all Pro, that stuff. He doesn't. He absolutely hates you, Mike. Yeah, yeah actually, I was going to echo that. And to make a random statement, uh, if you can see my video for audio listeners, I have a door in the background. Josh Mallerman said the other night that uh, <laughs> he's doing all these weird voices, and it's funny as hell. But at one point, he said that he could see himself going in there and just stabbing me. So just uh, want to throw that random image in your mind. Yeah. 
Truth be told, I have absolutely no idea if he knows you're kidding with pouring beer all over your pancakes, but I have to assume that he knows you're kidding because only an absolute crazy person would pour beer on pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> I was referring to like your first podcast with him. He was drinking like a maple something and whatever. He's always drinking something good, you know. Even if I have something I'm happy with, I'm I'm currently drinking Jack's Abbey Leisure Time Wheat. And it's good. But I bet if Ken was with us, he would be drinking something more interesting, more delicious, more expensive. But he's got that IP anti-IPA thing, which, like, there's this resurgence or whatever, this explosion of New England-style IPA. Which, he's in Michigan. He doesn't get it. Yeah, what a douche. Be. I'm drinking Cloud Candy right now by a, a brewery, uh, Mighty Squirrel. In uh, Waltham, <laughs> yeah, they have a hell of a yeah. <laughs> I wish I could show you on the on the on the uh, the camera because I don't have one going. But um, this it's is not a show. It's delicious for audio I mean, listeners. You know, Brendan is drinking uh, Jack's Abbey from Framingham. Michael Clark is drinking uh, Squirrel. What Squirrel? Mighty what? Squirrel Cloud Candy by Mighty Squirrel. Squirrel yeah, from uh, from uh, Waltham, um, and Patrick is drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. Nah, it's a uh, Bud Light. I wish though. Pabst has more Bud alcohol Light. content. Dear Lord. <laughs> well, I was having a uh, Sierra Nevada. You, you, yeah. you should have just Ken let me. Ken McKinley yeah, would make fun of that. <laughs> you should have just let me go with Pabst there. Wait, what's <laughs> McKinley drink? He drinks all kinds of like exotic. Uh, I, I want to say things like kind of like sam cherry wheat like they're they're sweeter you know yeah. as far as i know i've heard of, i've heard like a two two or three things he's he's been drinking and it, i'm not i'm not stalking you can usually have that fruit uh aspect to it yeah. um blueberry or cherry or whatever um so you know he likes the sweet beers and he does not like the ipas but as we've established he buys them anyway and stores them in his garage because he is a serial killer. <laughs> he buys IPAs and stores them. He does. He 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 buys IPAs. You know, it's 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 yeah exactly. It's um it's it's well established lore that Ken McKinley buys IPAs, drinks one of them, takes a picture of himself making an ugly face uh at at what the IPA tastes like, just to send it to Tim Meyer and you know uh, anyone on Twitter who's interested, and yes. then puts the other five in his garage um to you know, wait for the apocalypse, I guess. <laughs> Mike, do you have any uh, final things you want to chat about, sir? I just want to talk for like another hour. That's about all I want to do. <laughs> no, Patrick um, has to get up early to go to, you know, shovel poop. Oh, what? God, no. Shoveling that's an actual job, poop. but that is thankfully not my job. <laughs> um. No, I just appreciate you having me on. I don't really have anything, you know, hot, you know, off the presses or anything. So it's cool. The the impromptu uh, convo was nice. And, um, you know, I uh, I look forward to uh, continuing to be part of the Twitter horror community. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're thrilled to be able to share with listeners, you know, that it really enjoyed – whether it was the patience of a dead man, the second one, or even just the entire trilogy that, you know, if they kind of like that style, if they like the characters, especially if they attach to Andrew, that they can kind of look forward to a continuation of that in some way, shape or form in your next writing. They don't have to worry that, you know, Michael Clark is going to go off the deep end and write us some sort of like detective series or something like that. No, no, I'll try to keep it, you know, creepy and um, I guess the newest or the, the, the next thing is not really a new thing at all, but it's that uh, three-in-one um, big chunker of a brick of a book that will be coming out sometime soon uh, with all three books in one volume. And, yes, I will not have it be $45. I will <laughs> reduce the price. Where can you follow you? Real quick, before where can people follow you? You said sometime soon, but do you have any um, any kind of idea on when that might be? Um, well, I submitted it to the book cover guy today, so let's say you know 
probably a week on Amazon, but you know, I'll get my author copies in uh, you know late December. No, just joking about that. But you know, Amazon sucks with their shipping, so it'll be you know it'll be available soon. It's it's in the works. It's like it's done and ready to go. Of course, it was written long ago, but um, you know, it's it's been submitted. So I would say that um, if the guy's done, depending on his schedule, if he's not on vacation, a uh, week or two. Okay. Well, you know, everybody sucks with shipping because there's an orangutan wearing a very fucking bad wig who is fucking up the post office. Um, <laughs> Michael, where can people follow you? Uh, MichaelClarkBooks.com. Uh, I am uh, on Twitter at MikeClarkBooks because Michael doesn't fit. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. You know I'll what? take that. You know, you know what? That <laughs> absolutely worked. That yeah. worked. High five. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I have one more spoiler. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You're going to like this. Fuck you, like you Mike. Goodbye. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> Mike, what's up? This would be worth it to you two alone. Sure. Is that the, the, um, the male, um, the main character male in my TG5MU, his name is Patrick Brennan. Oh, Jesus ah. Christ. <laughs> That's, That's it. a really shitty name. Um, <laughs> or, uh, sorry, shitty middle name, I should say. Thank you. That's an awesome name. All right. Thank you. All Michael, right, we're going to let you get going. Patrick has to get up early in the morning to shave his head. Yep. you got to get more bald. Have a good night, everybody. Brennan, thank you. Michael, thank you as always, sir. Thank you, and see you soon. Adios, amigos. Ciao. We are in your mind. We are all around. You are now leaving Deadhead Space. Wake up, Patrick. Wake up. It's over. Yay! How many seconds did that last for you? I I need to know. Like, you're looking at this thing. How many seconds? That's what she said. There is nothing more Patrick McDonough five year five beers deep than me saying this is probably the only time that on the podcast I'm going to talk about this and you'd be like that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that is you in a nutshell. <laughs>